This is Wondering Wanders, two ordinary guys wondering about extraordinary things. Well, there was supposed to be three this morning, and it was barely enough, barely enough to cover a powdered donut. I've been misled. That's all. Well, we've definitely been lied to. There was a lot of lies, though. <laughs> this is probably the most ice I've ever seen. Actually. Really? Yeah. This happens every once in a while in Vermont, but not very often we get an ice storm. But when you get a real ice storm, it destroys everything. Like, trees are down everywhere, power's out everywhere. Trees are down? Because it, it sticks it to down. them. And it just weighs down and breaks. Think about how many gallons of water can stick to a tree in ice, and it just breaks limbs all over the place. Huh. We used to have a cow named Ice Storm because she survived she an ice browsed? storm, Dave. <laughs> what? <laughs> she was very no, cold. She, was, she, she like couldn't get up. Her back legs froze or something in an ice storm, but she survived. I don't remember. It's a long time ago. Well... Here we are. <laughs> and we're back, folks. I'm Eli. And I'm Joseph. And this is Wondering Wanders. Welcome back. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I wanted to start off this week with kind of a, I guess it's a different question. Oh, um, switching it up. What's something that you've learned this week? This week? Yes. Okay, I have to think of when this week is now. I know, it's kind of blurring. Uh, uh, yeah, it's really starting to blur together. Uh, okay, this week. Today's Wednesday. Yep. Yesterday was Tuesday. Um, Good calendar knowledge. Which means Monday was the day before <laughs> that. Good stall tactic. I, I, I cannot think of anything I have learned this week. I learned. Okay, I don't... Hmm. I'm going to tell you the most impactful thing that has happened this week. I don't know if it's necessarily something it's that I've learned. not the question, but that's okay. I, yeah, <laughs> because I can't think of a good answer. Oh, my gosh. Um, gosh, now I feel like I'm giving a lame answer. But, okay, so I bought this Mary Magdalene painting. Okay. okay. And the other night I just, like, lit a candle in front of it and prayed with it. And it was really, really good. And so I was just praying with Mary Magdalene in her thought. And I read the story of Mary, well, of what is traditionally seen as Mary Magdalene, of the woman caught in adultery. And uh, I was just really thinking a lot in my painting, Mary Magdalene is holding a skull and she's looking at a candle burning. And uh, just imagining her thinking, she got caught, she would have been stoned. And Jesus saved her, her life. But she was going to die anyways. Even though Jesus saved her life, she was still going to die. Hmm. But then Jesus forgave her of her sins. He didn't condemn her. And he saved her for eternity. And so I was just thinking, it's been very impactful to me this week, just kind of the idea of prioritizing eternity over life. Because like Mary Magdalene would have, would have seen and known, like, he saved my life, but that's less important than the fact that he forgave me of my sins, hmm. that he did not condemn me. And living life in a way that reflects that, that, you know, that's what I want to do. Like, it is more important to have my sins forgiven than to not get stoned to death. 
I'll accept that as learning something. Yeah, like. yeah, it was like impactful. It's I've like been like half asleep in most most classes this week. Well, so. I don't think it necessarily has to be fun. Yeah. Like mine's gonna sound so stupid. So okay, okay, let's hear it. Let's hear it. It'll be uh, something you actually learned, though, not just a made up different question. Well, uh, YouTube and free time is Ooh. a is a thing. Yep. Um, and I recently had this guy pop up on my recommended. That's like a. I guess it. I he's a calisthenics guy, so he does like okay. body weight yeah. uh, exercises. And so I was watching a video on how to do push-ups because I'm terrible at push-ups. Oh, really? And uh, he was talking about apparently uh, your joints don't necessarily gain strength at the same time that your muscles do. Mm. And so you can be in a place where you have joint pain but not muscle pain, which I have. Um, and it's uh. because you're doing too much weight that your muscles can handle, but your joints can't. Really? So you're super strong, but your joints are flimsy. Uh, I wouldn't say that I'm super strong. <laughs> so there's that. The joint's flimsy? Probably. Here's yeah. the thing, though. Everybody so. listening to us that doesn't know us could think that we're in incredible shape. I mean, have you heard our voices? I mean, it <laughs> sounds like... This sounds like people that just... California Beach. You know, just... <laughs> oh, gosh. Well, yeah, okay. I'm not in great shape. I'll be honest. But uh... I'm watching videos on how to do push ups. So, <laughs> so you know the answer there. It's, you know, infer what you want. Gosh, you know, that's a real learn. That's a thing you learned, though. I don't think I really necessarily learned anything like besides I've been watching how to cook huge pieces of meat in giant ground ovens. Because for Easter, My so dad's I want to have. Oh, really? Yeah. I'll have to talk to him. Because for Easter, I haven't asked my brother about this yet, or my Twice, dad. Actually. But uh, I want to have Simon start raising a calf, a bull calf, when Lent starts. Mm, and then mm-hmm. on Easter, slaughter the fattened calf and have a big celebration and eat it. Very cool. I know. Wouldn't that be so awesome? I want to cook it in a ground oven. So uh, I'm going to have to talk let's to your dad about that. Yeah, let's <laughs> yeah please, God. <laughs> please give us the fattened calf. Yes. Um, yep. So, <laughs> yeah, that, <laughs> and and we're done. <laughs> uh, yeah, let's, uh, let's start with the prayer. Good. Um, in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord Jesus Christ, we offer this time um, to you. We ask you in a particular way to be present to our conversation and uh, to help us wonder at this world, at this reality, at the at the beauty of your creation. Um, yeah, we ask this in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Um, yes. So, I don't really know where this is going to go. But That sounds like a wandering wander to me. So, we've already got the wandering. <laughs> the wandering. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. Um, we'll see how it ends up. Yes. So, I guess I'll preface first before I toss it over to you. Okay. Um, so, in our first year of philosophy classes, we read um, some Augustine with Dr. Schlachter. And oh, yeah. there was a part of Augustine that I really enjoyed where he starts talking about time. Do you remember this section at all? I remember reading Augustine. I remember him talking about math and how numbers prove things. I don't really remember the time. Nope, I'll be honest. Okay, so I'll keep it brief. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, rem- I remember it really struck me at the time, and it still kind of strikes me. So basically, Augustine is marveling at the idea of 
what like what the heck is time? Yeah. What what is it when we say that there's like a past and a present and a future? Um and what does it mean to like be present to something? Because like when I say, well, I'm present, now that's in the past. That's gone by. Right? Yep. Now it's um, the past and will be the future. And so in a this the, the present is this like ever sliding window, but like how big is the window? Oh, I do remember him talking about that. How yeah. big is present? Yeah. And so it's like, well, how big's the sample? Because if you're looking at the present on the scale of like a thousand years, then the present's like, that's a much bigger window. Yeah. But if you're looking at it from milliseconds or microseconds or whatever, Just then it's like, life, yeah. Yeah. Um, hmm. And then he has an interesting observation about the past and that the past is only the past when it's made present. So like the past ceases to exist until we recall it into yeah. the present, which wow. is a very, hmm. that's a strange interaction. That's somebody who has sat and thought about this for a really long time. Truly, truly. <laughs> Good old Augustine. And then the future is this making present a reality that isn't real. Um, so it's also like there's this kind of circular relationship of the past to the present and the future to the present of them kind of all being so it comes brought the into this singular moment that's ever moving forward. It's it's a very yeah enthralling kind it of is. Uh, it is. kind of thought. Um, yeah. So I ended up writing a paper on it for I think for Schlachter's class because uh, I was like really moved by it. That's why you remember it so um, much. Yeah. I don't. <laughs> just, don't be amazed by memory. I wrote a paper on it. No. I wrote a paper on it. Yes. And so I've been thinking about in the midst of our kind of quarantining, um, that time is very strange when we, like lived time is very strange. Yeah. So the question at the beginning was like, what have you learned this week? And I have to think about like, well, what was a week? You know? <laughs> like, yeah. Cause it's all running together, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I guess what my question is, and I'll probably have to rephrase it, but like, how do you, how do you experience time in terms of, do you feel like time flies by for you? Oh, gosh. Or does it drag on or what? what Both, yeah. obviously, all the time. <laughs> because, you know, there's, it, it's hard because, like you said, it kind of depends on your point of view. Because when I look at the past, for example, I've been in seminary for three, well, two and a half years now. Yeah. Thinking of the the fact that I've been here for two and a half years, ridiculous. Can't believe it's already been two and a half years. Yeah. Uh, that's gone so fast. But at the same time, it feels like it's been forever. Where like, And when I'm in it, those years felt like pretty much all there was. You know, it's just like they were all consuming when I was in those those years. And then looking back on them, they just flew by. I'm like, man, so many opportunities missed and, and so much more I could have done. But so I would say in general, I, I, I measure my, my my time more than I would like to based on the week. Where really? Like, to, like, so weeks tend to drag on the weekdays. Yeah. And then weekends seem to fly by. 
because I'm spending most of my week waiting for the weekend. And then the weekend comes, and usually I, I'd say I do pretty good at living a good weekend life. You know, like, it's, it's fulfilling and satisfying and restful and all the good things yeah. a weekend should be. And, um, uh, but yeah, then it's just like, well, wow, that was, it's gone and back to another week. And I do wish that I was more able to just sit in the moment in the day and be like, this is where I am. As Father Bede uh, once told me, be where you are because that, or be where your feet are because that's where God is. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm very bad at that, especially in terms of time. I'm like, oh, well, tomorrow I'll get to do this. And then when I'm doing that, I'm like, well, Thursday I'll get to do this. I I live very much in the future. And I love the past, but I would say I live in the future more than I would like to in the present. So I think people interact with time typically in the way that they measure themselves, right? So, Mm. um, So like if you're looking at progress, like in a business, you would have like a six-month review or a yearly review, that sort of thing. Um, Yeah, how would... I guess two questions. On what scale do you feel like you measure yourself, and has that scale changed since entering seminary? I like that question a lot. I would say my initial reaction, which is definitely how it was coming into seminary, and I do think it has changed some, but I'll get to that more later is uh, I'm a very active person. I'm, I'm moving all the time. If you hear my chair creaking while recording this, I'm constantly I'm so moving. i it's creaking. I don't get it. Like, and, it's a new chair. I mean, it's not that bad, honestly. But, um, but anyways, um, so you know, like, I'm, I think about activities most of the time. Like, what I'm going to do, I'm going to paint my paint-by-number and listen to my audio book. I'm going to go to Joseph's room and sit and record a podcast. Um, and I look forward to activity very much. And so I measure my time based on what I do and not necessarily in like what I've gotten done because you know, I'm, I'm, I'm terrible at <laughs> like getting homework done ahead of time and all that. Yeah. Like I'm always last minute I'm like, oh shoot. But that's because I, I do so many things throughout the day. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna, even like taking a nap. It's something very much I do mm-hmm. and not something that's happened to me. So that's definitely how I came in, and I would say say it's still the predominant way that I measure my time is what I've done, things I've done, conversations I've had, meals I've eaten. I have started to measure time more in a sense, I don't even know necessarily how to phrase this, I guess maybe in a sense of what happens to me. Almost like a a being, like a a state of being measurement, where like... (laughs) What does that that mean? mean? Well, I've gotten a lot better at sitting in silence, as we talked about before, and just like introspection and reflection. And so those are things that, to me, are not activities. Um, Maybe they they are, but so like now... There's things that are on my timeline that are not things I'm doing. Before, it was always things I'm doing. But now, things like prayer have become less of something that I'm doing and more of a 
like yeah, it's kind of like a state of being. It's not something I'm doing, something that's happened to me. It's a way that I am at that moment. And just so like sitting and being. So like it's kind of started to take on more of like when I'm relaxing or something. Uh, it You know, like that the feeling of rest now becomes more of uh, something on my timeline. Feelings maybe, but it's more than feelings. I can't necessarily describe it, but uh, it's it's moved beyond activity to being. Um, does that make any sense? Is that just super confusing? <laughs> it's a little confusing. I'll be honest. That's because it's confusing to me. I don't even necessarily know. How so to say it. let me. I guess let me rephrase the question and see okay. if that that okay. helps. Um. Yeah. So coming into seminary. We, there's kind of natural ways for us to review progress. So like oh, I yeah. I was mentioning businesses have six-month or yearly reviews or something like mm-hmm, that, mm-hmm. and they evaluate you over how'd you do in the last year, how'd you do on these projects, whatever. Um, so the scale of that time is let's look at a six-month window. Let's look at a year window. Yep. Um, seminary, I guess it's, a, it's about a year. Um, window Depending. for self-evaluation self-evaluation you have meetings with your dean yeah. and stuff but yeah for the most part so would you say that seminary has changed the scale of time on which you see growth in yourself does that make sense uh yeah and i would say no <laughs> Those are two not in that sense <laughs> so yes it makes sense no. So has seminary changed the way I look at growth in myself or the time that I look at growth, growth in myself? Because it sounds like it's changed the way that you see productivity. It has. Right. That's, and that's yes, good. That is definitely good. That's, um, yeah, that's what I was trying to say. But it's in not terms about of measuring there. progress, I guess. Mm-hmm. Do you do you measure progress in yourself? I don't know. Maybe that's a question. That's a good question. See, I, I just assume people do because I do. But I uh... don't really that much. Really? So okay, okay. Well, no. Let me take that back. Yes, I do, but it's very immediate, hmm. right? So I do not do a lot of comparison to the way I've been. Hmm. I do a really? lot of look. Yeah, I do a lot of looking at the way I am now. And the way I want to be. And uh, it's very, like, immediate for me. Like I, much healthier. <laughs> it's not necessarily. Uh, because it, it leads to a lot of just, like, I need to be perfect right now. Mm. Um, yeah. Which I'm, I think, you know, look, comparing yourself to your past probably also does. But, like, it, it's, I look at myself and I say, I, I, I wish I didn't do this. I wish I was better at this. But it's not necessarily like, oh, man, I've been doing this for years. It's like, this is how I am right now, and I don't want to be that way in the future. So not that I never think of my past, but for the most part, day-to-day, I live uh, day-to-day mostly, um, except for I think about the priesthood a lot, I guess. So Mm -hmm. that kind of changes it. But other than that, if I'm looking at progress, I think about like, okay, I want to be this way today. My future stays within a day, usually. Um, It's not that way for you? 
No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no. Um, which, this is fascinating. Yeah, I would say seminary has really uh, broadened my time scale hmm. in terms of, I think I would often look at myself and the immediate moment and then say, well, I'm not what I wanted to be, or I'm not yet what I should be, you know? Mm -hmm. And uh, seminaries challenge me, I think in particular, kind of the Benedictine way of life and the, uh, the stability of this place in a particular way. They think on the scale of like, well, we'll try this and, you know, we'll see what it looks like in five years or 10 years or something. Cause they aren't going anywhere. You know, yeah. like this yeah. is, this is that life. Is this is where they're at, you know? And That's, so it's like yeah. the, the immediacy for it to be perfect now isn't, that's not a thing. You know? no, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so that, yeah, seminary has really challenged me to kind of broaden my scale and say, well, who, who is Joseph, you know? a year ago, six months ago, five years ago, you know. Mm. Um, what would teenage Joseph say about 25-year-old Joseph, you know? Really? I've um, never had that thought. Really? Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, see, the thing is, it's challenged me, like you said, to go like, you can get told by four majors, you're like, man, I'm bad at this, I want to do this, I got to be better. Cause seminary is just a big mirror. <laughs> really? You look at yourself really hard, and you're like, ooh, it's a lot to grow here. But you know, people say like, oh, you know, you have you have the rest of seminary, yeah, you have this time. It's like, yeah, the rest I guess it's true. You know? <laughs> I've been challenged in that sense, but have not gotten anywhere in that sense. Really, I, 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 I can't do it. I'm so immediate. No, 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 I can't do it. I'm not good at it. Well, I mean, I think there's two, there's two disposition or two failings that you could have for that. So, in my case, it seems like a disposition could be, well, I look at all this and I feel like I haven't made any progress, and so to feel kind of disheartened by a lack of progress, um, whereas a disposition like yours might be a not seeing any progress either because not looking at the past. So yeah. mine would be looking at the past and not seeing progress, and yours is not looking at the past and not, not seeing progress. So same problem. So different it's way the same progress, but yeah. two totally different Because I definitely, if I, because every once in a while, I will, I will like think about it. Someone will bring it up or something, and I'm like, wow, I have grown so much. You're like talking about being in college, and I think about some of the things I did, and I'm like, you know, I never did anything that bad. But boy... I was a lot stupider. <laughs> what was I thinking? And so, uh, yeah, uh, and I think those are like happy moments for me. I'm like, well, okay, I've come a long way, but I don't do that often. Most of the time I'm like, I'll be honest, I'm disappointed most of the time because I'm like, damn, I want to be a perfect saint. Yeah. And I'm not I'm right not now. Shoot. Um, but I, I definitely feel the challenge now mm. of like, you have time to grow. Because I'm just a very immediate... Like, I, I... I started thinking about it, actually, when we went sledding the other day. Mm -hmm. And I, like, couldn't help but just run to get where we were going. I was like, I gotta run. I'm excited. I gotta run. Okay? Come on, guys. We're running. It's like, I need to be there right now because I'm excited. And if I'm excited about something, I, I run. I can't stop yeah. it. I'm like, go, go, go. No need to run. No hurry. I'm just like, gotta run. 
Um, and that really bleeds over into how I look at myself a lot of the time. It's like, mm. ooh, you want to be a saint? Run, run, run. <laughs> and and it's, uh, yeah. it's not the way it happens. And now that you think about it, I, I feel like Jesus really has been challenging me with that since our silent retreat. been praying a lot with the garden. And he's been like, you have to pull each weed and plant every flower mm. and every fruit tree. And I'm like, yeah, but I want this whole valley covered and everything. He's like, yeah, exactly. So you pull each wheel. I'm like, yeah, but why don't we just move it on up to the whole valley? You're God. Let's skip that step. <laughs> he's like, <laughs> and he's very patient. He's like, listen, you need to pull each wheel. Here, let me show you. Let me tug on this. I'm like, ouch, that hurts. Can we stop? Just get the whole valley, Saint. Yeah. And uh, yeah. So I haven't thought about that, but now that you bring it up, I feel like I've very much been challenged by, by God in that sense. Well, that's good. That's good. Uh, well, slight pivot then. <laughs> <laughs> slight pivot. Um, yes. So I guess kind of going back to my original thought, I get, yeah. Time. Time. Yes, time. That's where we were. Mm-hmm. So what is it about some situations that like makes time have you ever had those moments where you're like doing something or you're with someone and it mm. seems like time kind of just stops or it elongates or something like that? Yes. Versus the time where it just kind of the days blur together and it seems like there's this just blob of happening like the last week of. Yeah. Where I, was, is- I was sharing in small group last week where I was like, wow this is challenging me to look on the fact that I, I just had a week of life and yeah. a lot happened yeah. in this week. And until this moment, it was all just kind of uh, a stream. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, Cause it's like this combination of it. Uh, it feels like forever when you're in it. And yeah. then as like, you know, an hour passes and you're like, no way. <laughs> it's just like time just kind of like you said it's a blob it's like rolling along so what do you think makes yeah what do you what what it, what about an experience makes it stop time or makes it feel like time doesn't exist for a moment i think so i've thought about this a little bit a little ooh, bit ooh, all right um I think... Well, let me tell you a little bit of the story first, though. It's, uh, so, Lord of the Rings, three towers. Ta- uh, not three towers. The so. third movie. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, no. But so, Samwise, Gamgee, and Frodo are walking up the mount- mountains to... They're walking up Mount Doom. The crags of doom. They fall down, and they're like, oh, we can't go on. Sam's like, do you remember the taste of strawberries, Mr. Frodo? And then he like goes through this whole thing, like in the smell of the grass and the Brandywine River and all this. It's so good. And then he's like, I, I can't carry it for you, Mr. Frodo, but I can carry you. And he picks him up, and you're like, yeah! So I watched that a couple years ago with my focus team, and I that just struck me so much was the, the fact that they had both collapsed, but... Sam had hope, and then hope carried him further. And so I started to think about hope, and what do I really hope for? Like, what is my ultimate hope? Mm-hmm. And when I was praying with it, and I, I, you know, I sat down and prayed, and I immediately had this image of walking through the woods up to our cabin, 
that we have in the woods that me and my brother and Tony built. Ah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. And opening the door, and the fire's going, and I step inside, and the cabin's not very big, and it wasn't very big in this prayer, and everyone I have ever loved is in there, and time has stopped mid-laughter, hmm. where it it's just like, it is this moment of perfect joy and laughter. Everyone I love is there. Everyone is joyful. There's warmth. There's light. And it's perfect. And that is what I see as heaven. And that's what I hope hmm. for. But I think it's intriguing that time has stopped in my view of heaven. Why does that matter? Uh, the reason I brought it up is because I think those moments that become timeless to me are usually those very joy-filled moments where there's a lot of warmth and love and laughter. And when divinity enters into time, like where J- Jesus says, wherever two or more are gathered in my name, there I shall be. And I think in a lot of ways he's talking about like where there is relationship, I exist in a new way. In the same way mm-hmm. he exists in a different way in the Eucharist than he does just in general. Yeah. He's present in a different way. He's present in a different way in relationship, in a more real way, in the way that the Eucharist is a more real presence than just him, you know, when you're walking outside. Relationship is is a uh, uh, it's the presence of divinity. And when that enters in, we enter into divinity and therefore outside of time. And so those times to me are the times when I feel closest to God in a lot of ways, when time passes. Because, you know, it happens not just when I'm with other people, but, you know, like, there's times when I pray a holy hour and I feel every second of that holy hour. Yeah. And yeah. then there's times where I'm, like, if I'm really praying, I don't feel a second of that holy hour. And so when, time, when divinity enters into time, in whatever way it is, whether it's love or joy or just, you know, the divine presence in prayer, then time be- is removed. And, you know, like, yeah, I guess time obviously still passes. We're not in heaven yet. But, uh... So would you say timelessness is an experience of heaven? Yeah. Definitely. Like... I don't think I've ever thought of it that way before. It, yeah, it's, uh... Because it's it's experiencing the way God sees time in a sense. Yeah, but all, totally. Yeah, because God's outside of time, which is really confusing to think of. But uh, at the same time, a lot of us have a little taste of it. And obviously, it's just a very little taste. And like I said, we're not all the way out, but it's like looking through a keyhole into eternity. And you just see a little bit, but it's eternity. It's a very real eternity. So I just think it's so strange that we would have the capacity of different experiences of time right like i've never (laughs) i've never thought of experiencing time as a means of encountering god but as you're talking about it like that's totally the case right like i mean you you hear descriptions of heaven as being kind of outside time yeah and i've had experiences of feeling outside time where it's like it's it feels like a moment that never ends or where you look up and it's like how much time has passed i feel like i totally just that that all that existed was this moment yeah yeah and oh yeah i love that 
I mean, if that's not a taste of the divine, if that's not a taste of heaven, then like, yeah, I don't, I don't know what is. But... And you know what I found to be very cool is I've experienced Golly, that's so cool. Yeah, it is. I mean, I've experienced those times in both the past and the future. In a sense that, like what? we were talking about before, so like when I think back to some of those times, it's not. It's mm. in those times, it doesn't feel like remembering; it feels like being there again. And I think there's that's because they've been taken out of time for us in a sense, and like we can go back, and you know it's not the same, obviously, but like I feel a lot of the feelings again, and I go back and I think about, you know these really good moments I've had of just love and joy and I lose the present because mm, I'm there. Mm-hmm. That, that becomes my present because it's so wrapped yeah. up. And I think the same thing happens in the future. Like there's times where I can picture things just being so good that again, they, they become my present. They get taken out of time and whether or not they're ever going to happen. Like they're an experience of eternity. So this might this might be our last question. Um, right. Yeah. Would you say that we are burdened by the words past and future? Then, do they cause more harm than good? Because it it seems like we can live in the future and live in the past at the expense of living in the present. Hmm. That's a question right there. That is a question. Man, I would say... I would say yes and no. A classic Catholic yeah, answer. Yeah, give me a yes okay, and no. Okay, so I would say yes and kind of what you're saying of like, it keeps us from living in the present, which is where we are right now, mm-hmm. um, it, by thinking too much about the past or too much about the future. And in a sense, it doesn't even let us experience the past or the future if we're not willing to make them our present. Um, But at the same time, God created us in time. We were made in time. He is outside of time. And there is something very good about the passing of time there's something good about looking on the past and saying that was good and it's in the past and that's okay. And there's something very good about looking to the future and saying there is good to come. Yeah. And uh, so I, I think that there's a lot of power to the way we perceive time. Yeah. So it, it's not good or bad, but the way we use it can be good or bad. We can very much love well because of the past and thinking of the past and going back to these moments and we can very much become the people we want to be by looking to the future and what we hope for in the future or we can become burdened by worries about the future or the past we can become burdened by not living in the present and uh so i think it's a time is a very powerful thing and it's something that was given to us as a gift by god it's part of creation so it was given as a gift yeah. And uh, so we have to really think more than we do, I think, about how we, I don't know if I want to say, well, yes, definitely use time, but that's not necessarily what we're talking perceive. about here. How we perceive time, how we live, live. as yeah. beings in time. 
Um, Because in a sense, we have to live in time and in eternity at the same time. Like, that's the mass. That is literally... The mass is... uh, It's literally us being in time beings experiencing eternity because of an event that happened in time that has been taken out of time into eternity. So, you know, like, it's obviously complicated, this beautiful dance between time and eternity. But when we get it right, both time and eternity are very good, I think. Yeah. I can... Yeah, I like that answer. I think you run into problems saying that it's, it's a burden to have the past and the present. I think it... Yeah, what you're saying... I think if you live in the past or live in the future, then you end up losing the present. And so it has to be kind of this reconciliation of the two or this kind of, I don't know, bringing in and out, but never staying in a state of past or future. Yeah. Um, But I guess, I don't know. I think timelessness or that feeling of timelessness are moments of supreme presentness. Definitely. So there's there's something to be said for being profoundly present to what's happening. And that's the thing. I, I think maybe I I don't know. I think I feel like I have to think on this more, but I, I feel like be able to, do that. to to do the dance of time well is to bring past and future into the present. Like, that's what you were saying St. Augustine said in the beginning. It's like past and future are bringing things from the past into this experience of the present. But it's like, it's living your whole life with a past and a future in a present? Well, it'd be only lived through the present. It's only lived through, but yeah, yeah. So it's like taking what's good from your past and making it present and taking what's but you also but the thing is the bad is also very important you know <laughs> like it's it shows god's mercy it shows you know like that we're not made to be here i don't know maybe i don't maybe i don't agree with what i just said a second ago i don't I, that's the wonder you don't that's have what to. we got yeah, <laughs> I mean, that's that's what you guys should wonder about this, this is week. what happens when you ask a question <laughs> that you aren't prepared <laughs> to answer so. gosh yeah no that's uh I, I think this is really awesome though it's making me realize just how important time is cuz we very much take time for granted time is something oh, you totally. have on your watch but like time is <laughs> time is something much much more than that well yeah and I guess I just take for granted how much it's dimming it's getting I know the lights are like Sorry. we're coming um, to the end <laughs> he's got robot lights if you guys are wondering so. <laughs> I lost my train of thought yeah oh yeah just how much I let time just totally pass like how much I almost long for time to pass more quickly than it than it seems to sometimes, yeah. right? Like yep. in the in the midst of quarantine at the moment, it's yeah. like, please, Lord, let this pass. Yeah. Um, but that's at the expense of like so many wonderful, wonderful experiences. Yeah. And if I live in a state of please, Lord, let this pass, am I not also missing the 
Joseph, look at these gifts that I'm giving you. Yeah. Look at these, you know. Um, because you're just removing the present. You're saying the past has been crappy, so I want the future to be good, and you and ignore so the present. I refuse to be in the present. Yeah. I refuse to be here. That's the problem. So It's making them all work seamlessly together, like the Trinity. Yeah. Yep. Is time and experience of the Trinity? Well, <laughs> well, and that's all, folks. <laughs> Think about that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. If you haven't popped into the Trinity enough this week, maybe this will help. Well, uh, you know, there's a lot of questions here. There is a there's lot. A lot and I like here, it when so. these podcasts end with more questions than answers. There are many. <laughs> and this is a wandering wander. And yet somehow I feel like we've made progress. progress. And that's the beauty of because it. Because I've so. entered into the mystery. Yes. All righty, folks. Well, I guess just ponder time. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, may all of your wonders be blessed. God bless. Mm-hmm.